0: playing 18 to a full 60 early leads to buzzer beaters it all starts by getting on the board Welcome inside episode 49 of On The Board. I'm Colby McKee, Lance Dahl is with us. Lance, one question. Are you excited about Zion Williamson getting to play in this next series of games?
1: (laughs) No. (laughs) No, I'm not.
0: Uh, The voice, the the laugh you just heard was Corey Bakaskas. Corey, um, are you excited to see potentially 13 threes be hit? In an NBA playoff game.
2: Man, I hope it's Zion, so <laughs> laugh at Lance as he gets frustrated.
1: I don't it's w- Zion. Zion's a good dude, but like I don't care.
0: Exactly. The, the hype's been very real for Mr. Zion. A uh, to talk about on tonight's episode. We'll start in the NBA like, I guess that was two weeks ago, we had the episode where the NHL had their return to play schedule. Uh, the NBA came out with theirs earlier this week, and uh, 22 teams are heading down to Orlando uh, and Disney World to play not only playoff games but uh, eight regular season games and even a couple of exhibition games slash scrimmages whatever you want to call it I guess we'll start with Lance your initial reaction to what uh, Adam Silver and co came up with for their return to play
1: uh, the first thing I thought is that is a long fucking time in Orlando <laughs> like I mean if they're
0: gonna start what
1: in just a couple weeks really I mean they're gonna fly out early July and Potentially, you could be there until like mid October. Like, like that's going to be tough just on a mental standpoint to try and like you know keep hammering it out. Like, like we were talking about with the NHL and how it's like an extended road trip. But this is this is like three months of being in one spot, and I mean, just just literally only playing basketball. I mean, it's it's I, I don't even think it's going to change a whole lot because I mean, NBA is just such a star driven league that. I mean, some of these teams are just going to go down there for vacation, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's good to see that, that leagues are trending in the right direction and, and getting these plans out. And, uh, the NBA is a big one. I mean, uh, probably one of, if not the most global of the core four. So, uh, to have them coming back with a plan uh, is always good news.
2: Yeah, and they've said that there's going to be a lot of basketball, right? There's we, there's four hours between games, but they're going to try and get as many games in as possible. Like, that'll be fun. I'm just glad that they're back, right? Like, I, I want the core sports and all sports really to be, to be back in some sort of capacity. However, they have to do it to make it safe for everybody, you know, that it's how it is. It's not going to be perfect, but um, just to get everybody back, get some basketball back into our lives, that's going to be going to be great here.
0: Absolutely. Uh, like you mentioned, Corey, tons of games should be going on throughout the day, including some weekday uh, playoff games, which will be very exciting to see. Uh, I guess the length of season, they're looking at July 31st until October 12th, and uh, the vote itself was passed 29-1, to and Portland was the only team to ex-nay the vote uh it wasn't because they weren't excited to be in the playoffs because obviously they're part of this 22 teams however they were expecting a little bit better competition i guess or a different way of of executing this plan they didn't quite like what uh what silver and co had in uh, in store but like you mentioned i mean that's like 70 days with all of these games in between the, the bubble we talked about the nhl and having their bubble but uh there was talks about you know having these players go out for restaurants and go play some golf. But outside of that, you're going to be stuck in Orlando with uh, maybe three of your family members. It's going to be very tough both physically to get that many games in uh, under that, such a tight time frame, but also mentally like Lance was saying in terms of uh, it's going to be tough to stay down in Orlando for that long.
1: Yeah, that's not, that's not going to be easy. And like, when you just look at it, it's like just the format is kind of strange. Like you're playing eight regular season games, and then you're doing, like, playing games and stuff. Uh, like, the format is why I can see there was a lot of teams that had issue with it, and, I mean, you compare that to the NHL just because those are the two that we really have any semblance of an idea of what they're going to be doing. And I mean, the NHL's format is by far, like, leaps and bounds better than the NBA's format that they have for returning to play. Like, And it's weird because when you look at the two leagues, you would think, the NBA should probably have the easier, more concise one considering like th- there's your top, let's say, six teams and then everyone else. And it's like they're going to send 22 teams out here with everyone being in the complete understanding that there's only your your select few that are going to have any real shot. You know what I mean? So it's just weird in the, the way that they've set it up format-wise and, and how kind of convoluted and complicated it is in comparison to how smooth the NHL return to play plan
2: was. I think, yeah, just the difference between the two conferences, right? Like, I mean, the the playoff picture for the West is definitely kind of anybody's game for those last two spots, or I guess last... The, the eighth spot there, but in the East, like there's not many teams competing, right? Like there's only nine teams left in the playoff spot if the if the season were to continue the way it was. I'm curious why and if it wasn't, you know, if it wasn't pitched or if it was, why it uh, um, didn't get any traction? Was you know just go one to sixteen? Um, if everybody's going to be in the same spot in Orlando, why wouldn't you just take uh, win percentage or or how many wins or however you're going to do it and basically screw the conferences and just go one to 16 for this one year.
0: It's not a bad play. I agree with you. I think it, this is the one situation. Uh, I mean, this, this format, the one to 16 has been talked about for years and this would be the one spot where there's no traveling involved. You're not going from East coast to West coast. You're all in one spot. I kind of agree with you, Corey, that I should have been potentially one of those um, options on the table. I think um, in the, the owners minds and those you know in decision making, uh, the money rules everything and to have more teams and you know teams like New Orleans who probably wouldn't have made that 16 team format and to get you know the, the highlights of Zion and all these players from teams that were on the bubble to include these extra six um, not only increases TV watching but also money, in these owners' pockets, and I guess even money in the players' pockets because their paychecks aren't reduced nearly as much as if they were to lose all these regular season games that they were expected to miss in the first place.
1: See, I don't know how that's going to work, though. I haven't looked at, like, financially on on that end of things because the pay should be irrelevant because by that theory that you've put out there, Colby, you would be saying that the teams that aren't going and going to return back in Disney – aren't getting paid as much or aren't getting paid at all. And that just doesn't make sense. So like, I, I don't really know what the the reasoning is. The only thing I can think of as to why they're not doing one through 16 is to keep some kind of conference integrity because uh, critics of the NBA have always said that it's uh, always been one conference heavy. Like there's never been both sides of the conference. Uh, that have been strong. It's either been the East or the West, and it kind of bounces back depending on where the players go. And that's that's the only thing I can think of as to why they're not doing it one through 16 is because they want to keep the integrity of each conference because the money shouldn't really change. The revenues, I mean, no one's no one's collecting revenue, really. I mean, outside of potential jersey sales and apparel, there's, there's not going to be any individual concessions that are going to be coming. There's no ticket revenue. Everyone's splitting TV deal profits anyway. So uh, I'm not sure what else there could be outside of. They just don't want to uh, shit on one conference over the other.
2: Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, Lance. I think um, kind of getting back to why Portland vetoed it or said no, um, I think uh, they wanted a 20-team format. I read, um, which I like. I don't know what you guys think. That I think that would make this this format a little bit easier to um, to get with, or like a lot more easier to get rid of Phoenix um, and, and the last spot in the East. There, um, the Washington Wizards, right? Like, but then again, I guess there's nobody playing in for that eight seed in the East, and that you know teams in the East don't really have a. Um, a will to play in the eight games and then that just leaves the west up to even more question marks
0: yeah I think that idea I'm'm a, I'm a little curious as well um, about the the six games that the margin for all these teams that are coming to Orlando that are outside of the playoff push I don't know how they came up with that six number when there's only eight regular season games tentatively remaining in this play on schedule Um, I could easily see it being four and that's kind of what the whole play-in tournament is is basically if the nine seed is within four games of the eight seed then they have their little play-in tournament but six games in the eight remaining regular season ones doesn't quite add up mathematically to me but who knows
1: no no I don't don't really I don't get it either it's it, like it, like I said, it, it's just super confusing. It's kind of convoluted. It doesn't really make a ton of sense. But I, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really have to because we're going to get the last about six teams, three per side, that are going to be the ones that everyone's going to be watching for and that are going to be the most dominant. So... I mean, while this part's convoluted, it'll just kind of clear itself up down the road and we'll we'll have the top teams uh, late in October anyway.
2: Yeah, I think we can just agree that the Phoenix Suns get the, the thanks for coming award. <laughs> like, just, like, I mean, like, I... I guess we'll see. I have, we'll have to see what the schedule looks like for for those teams trying to get in in the West. But like Phoenix could very well, before they play the first game, already be out of a playoff spot. Because I mean, if the four five teams ahead of them play each other, one of them is guaranteed to get the win. Like they could very well um, not be able to. You know, eight games might not be enough for Phoenix to to get back into to the eight or nine spot.
0: I believe I saw also while reading and doing some research that basically New Orleans and Portland in this eight game schedule, they played each other either back to back games or two in the last three games of the normal regular season. So when they X-nay some of these opponents that are not within the 22 teams and they get down to these eight that they are going to play. Those two are basically going to decide 8-9, and nine, uh, in my opinion, just because of their proximity and the fact that they play each other. And I, feel, I really don't see San Antonio, Sacramento, or like you mentioned, Corey Phoenix, really causing any, uh, you know, standing a chance against both New Orleans and Portland. And they're basically going to have these two regular season games plus potentially a, a play-in tournament. So that's kind of what we're looking forward to there in the West.
1: Yeah, it's just going to be a a bunch of basketball games that no one fully understands how or why they're happening, but no one's going to care, really.
2: Yeah, it'll it'll be a lot of randomness, but then eventually you're going to get 16 teams and it's going to be playoffs. So I think that's when everybody's kind of going to be going in the right direction. Minds are going to be set straight.
0: Did you guys see that everyone, all the players, all the staff, all the people are staying at the same hotel? Kind of a contradiction to what the NHL had in plan, where every team had their own hotel. But I found that a little bit crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it is and it isn't. I mean, I guess if you have a big enough facility where you can seclude everyone as best as they can, I mean, Disney is probably the spot to do it. So uh, if you have the opportunity, I guess if it's easier just to put them all in one, and you're going to be paying Disney money anyway, so. Just put them all in one hotel and pay the bill on one tab instead of having to go pay a bunch of tabs. I guess I don't know.
2: Yeah, I saw Disney was making room for like two thousand people, which is like a lot more than than what the NBA is 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 going to be bringing. It looks like, but I mean, geez, how much how much room you got in a hotel? How <laughs> big is this hotel? <laughs>
0: Very true, very true. I mean, um, like you said, Corey, I think the NBA is planning for about 1,600 people, um, including um, family members, like we mentioned, about three per player. uh, And that could change throughout the uh, first round of the playoffs and beyond. Um, Also in the announcement in terms of this return to play, the NBA draft got moved to October 15th, which is potentially three days after a game seven of the nba final so that could be very interesting to see and free agency is october 18th so a few days after that everything obviously is moving very quickly uh in the hopes that they could start the 2020 2021 season um as early as december 1st that's obviously got some pushback from the players association and michelle roberts but uh is December 1st, a, a good timeline to start the next season? Is that a little too early in your guys' opinion? Do you think it should start on Christmas with, you know, the, the big slate of games? What's your guys thoughts on that?
1: It would be cooler if it started on Christmas. I think I like they, they dominate Christmas day for, I mean, years now. And so that's kind of, that, that would be like a, a cool start date for this 2020, 2021 season. However, it's going to kind of formulate and, and appear, but uh, like obviously, if you can start earlier, the better to try and not make the schedule as hellish as possible. So, like, I, I get where they're coming from. I mean, you obviously want to start it as early as you can, but with enough breathing room from the end of whatever this postseason is going to be, mid-October, uh, that gives you, what, month and a half, I suppose, uh, of downtime, and then you're back into it. it, it it's, there's definitely pluses and minuses on each side, but like December one seems fair. It's the first of a month. It's it's a month on the calendar. I don't know. Like all this is just like who knows anymore, right?
2: Yeah, um, exactly. But I feel this is this is the league that's notorious for resting their players. I think if if any of the four leagues is going to have an earlier start date, then this is probably the one. I think you know the longer you go, the longer the further away you get from December first. You know, the more the the eight teams that aren't in this playoff format are going without any basketball. So um, sometime in December, whether it's earlier or later, I think that's a, a good estimated start date for, for this league.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, potentially a 10-month layoff for those teams that aren't in this playoff picture. Um, there are plans, and it's it's scheduled to be an 82-game season next year as well. So whenever that does start, they're trying to get these games done before the 2021 Tokyo games next July. So uh, that'd be a very tight, compact schedule if even if you push that back to, to Christmas at about three weeks, and that just makes a lot more double headers and a lot more four games and five nights kind of thing. But uh, very interesting to see. We'll, we'll see. Let's, before we even jump the gun, we'll see how this return to play works, and then we'll uh, work our way through the next season. Um, also, one final note, Kevin Durant of the Brooklyn Nets will not be joining the team this season. There was talk that he could potentially come back from his Achilles that he suffered basically a year to the day coming up here uh, versus the Raptors in last year's NBA finals, but he will not be joining the Nets. So uh, any talk of a Kyrie, Kevin Durant return is X made uh, at least for this playoff run
1: tough tough scenes for, for Kevin Durant. I'm sure he'll live.
2: I'm
0: very glad because if the playoffs started right now, we'd be playing them. So,
2: <laughs> Let's, As the Raptors, you're right. Yeah. And like, I just think you see what happened last year in the playoffs. I mean, if you're not 110%, then why is, you know, I don't know if this is necessarily the year that you, you test it.
0: Very true. Indeed. Um, that's going to wrap it up there for the NBA section. Uh, we've got a new edition of Tigers trivia and uh, Lance is at the helm this week.
1: Yeah, so we're going to be doing a uh, head to head version. So uh, I've split it into, there's going to be 10 total that we're going to do. Whoever gets the most correct out of 10 wins uh, Roman Pacerni bobblehead. And <laughs> so how we're we going to do it.
2: And a visit. Don't yeah, forget the, a, the visit
1: to play. And a visit to Toby's friends' basement to play mini shirts with Roman Pacerni and Thomas <laughs> Uh It's going to be a lot of fun. So a uh, lot on the line here. And so I've broken this into two sections. The first five, we are going to be looking at career regular season penalty minutes. The second will be career regular season game-winning goals because those are obviously the two most important stats in hockey. So we're going to start with regular season PIMS. Colby, you get the choice. Who had more? Curtis Volk or Hunter Schindler?
0: Oh, in PIMS. I'm going to go Curtis Volk.
2: Do I am I going now? Do I have? To I guess? didn't think
1: I had to address you. There's only two contestants, and uh, well, Colby's okay. His Sorry, desk. I
2: did. I did. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll go Volk too. I think he's just played more games. There.
1: All right, in uh, uh, two hundred and seventy games, Curtis Volk had one hundred forty-six PIMs. And in 211 games, Hunter Shinkarek had 135. Volk with nine more. Oh, Volk ooh. gets the dub. <laughs> Colby and Corey both on the board. We go to matchup number two. Corey, you will be picking first. Your options: Joe Frazier or Mason Shaw.
2: Oh, jeez. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if Joey has any bench miners. That add to the stats Uh, that don't show. Um, I'm going to go Joey Frazier. I think Mason Shaw was a goody two-shoes. I think Joey was a a rough one back in the day.
0: (laughs) I think, uh, unfortunately, due to the amount of games that Shaw missed, I don't think he, uh, he comes close to Mr. Frazier. I'm going Joe as well.
1: All right. In just 132 regular season games, Joe Frazier had 52 PIMS. While Mason Shaw played 162 games and had 142 PIMs. Oh, it's not a playoff. Joe Frazier did not get in any fights, nor did he uh, get any bench minors or or any ten. Oh, I guess he was uh, he was a good dude. So uh, none of us getting that one right. We're still tied one yeah. one. On to matchup number three, Colby. Your choice between Mark Russell or James Hamlin
0: good buddies off the ice? Are they good people on the ice? Um, oh, that's a good one. I'm gonna go... I mean, I know Hamlin only had... I think he only had the one fight that we talked about with him during the interview. Uh, I'm gonna go Rassel. I really don't know why, but I'm gonna go Rassel.
2: Alright, just to be different, to, to, to split things up, I'm gonna I'm go Jimmy. I think I think Jimmy's got it. Because I think he got a 10 on that one too, so it was the, <laughs> it was the equivalent to three fights there, so... Anyway. Well,
1: in 275 games, Mark Russell had just 71 PIMS. Oh. In 324 games, James Hamlin had 129. Corey takes a 2-1 oh. lead. Yes. Uh, yeah. Jimmy, Fuck Jimmy you. Fuck you, of, yeah, Jimmy had a couple more <laughs> fights. That's why. Oh. I remember seeing a couple of fights, one in particular, where Jimmy literally kept a glove on and threw with his other hand. So you knew he was a tough guy.
2: Yeah, that's the one we were, we were that talking was about. One. <laughs> the one against Macella yeah. earlier this yeah. year. Yeah, that was
1: uh, probably Hamlin's best fight of his career. So on to matchup number four, Corey. You'll be picking first between Chris Russell or Cam Barker.
2: Oof. Oof. Um, I think I am gonna go Cam Barker based solely on the fact that he. I think he weighs more. <laughs> <that> he only, <laughs> I think. The heavier you are, the 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 more likely you're going to get some pims. So I have no other logic that goes makes into sense.
1: that. That makes sense.
0: <laughs> um. I know, I know. Russell was very feisty. Like I don't know, like he was very talkative uh, during his Tiger days. I don't think he was one to to drop the mitts too often. I'm going with Corey. I'm going with Cam Barker. I don't really have a reason for it either.
1: Just, uh, <laughs> just because he's he weighs more. So uh, Chris Russell in 241 games had 130 pims. Cam Barker in Ooh, 213 games had 192, 62 more pins oh, okay. for Barker. You both correct. Corey leads three. Teams. He weighs more. Yes, you nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> Corey has the lead, and uh, Colby, you're picking first on the last of our pims portion of head to head. Who had more pims, Colby? Was it Matt Keatley or Tyler Buns? <laughs> 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 and I will say there is a clear and definite winner in this one.
0: I'm gonna go Keatley. I don't. I think. I think I, the the event in question is is with Keatley involved in that one. So I'm gonna go Keatley. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna go Keatley too.
2: I don't remember Buns getting a penalty.
1: Well, now uh, this is in 210 games as a Medicine at Tiger. Matt Keatley had 17 pims. So you guys are clearly wrong because Tyler Buns in just 197 games racked up 43 penalty minutes. Oh! What my God. the hell! <laughs> I would like to point Ow. out that both of them have odd numbers, meaning they both got in scraps. <laughs> they had to get five minutes yes. in order to get to an odd number. Right. So, uh, oh! So Buns, yeah, forty-three pims in one hundred ninety-seven games. There's a. Uh, there's got to be a couple fights in there for Buns. I couldn't figure <laughs> that out, but. In any case, Jeez. yeah, okay. After the first half, uh, Corey, you lead three two. We will now transition to the second half, which is regular season game winning goals. Uh, Corey, you'll be picking first between Darren Helm or Lyndon Vay.
2: Oof, I gotta go, Vay. I think Vay just racked up more points. I think that's gonna give me the higher chance i don't know i'm just going statistics there
0: to be different and i think it's correct i'm going to go with darren helm i think he used his speed to uh maybe get him a couple breakaway goals or something like that
2: sure sure uh
1: darren helm had <laughs> 11 game winners over his tigers career lyndon Vay had 15 15 oh. for lyndon Vay. so Corey takes a 4-2 lead on to our next matchup emerson Edom versus tyler ennis colby
0: Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I'm going to go Emerson Edom, complete goal sniper. Okay, all right. (laughs) Yeah, just that would be a little
2: bit different. I think, yeah, I'll go Tyler Ennis just because he was there a little bit longer. Fair. Uh,
1: Well, Emerson Edom had 20 game-winning goals in his career, Uh, one of the highest numbers in Tigers history. Tyler Ennis had 16 Ooh, so Colby wow. inches back a little bit closer. Corey leads four three. Uh, Corey may not know one of the names on this next one, but that's okay. Um, Darren Reed or Wacy Hamilton.
2: Ooh, I think I'm gonna go Darren Reed. Do you have a reason for why? <laughs> <laughs> yep, and I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till later to okay. say it so I don't give. Colby, any ideas? Sure. <laughs> no, I have no reason.
0: Uh, I'm going to be different as well, try to get back into the thing, I'm going to go Wacey Hamilton.
2: Well, Darren
1: Reed was, uh, for those who remember, a wonderful fighter. He was Derek Dorsett before <laughs> Derek Dorsett, and uh, he found his way into nine game-winning goals, did Darren Reed. Uh, Wacy <laughs> Hamilton had just five. Ah,
2: Whoa.
1: Really? Yeah, Lacey Hamilton did a lot of things. None of them included game-winning goals. Um,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so Darren Reed is the winner of that matchup. Corey now leads 5-3 to three with two to go. Colby can at best tie. Colby, will get uh, first pick between Stephen Meyer and Clark MacArthur.
0: How did I know you're going to put those two together? That was a good one. <laughs> um... I don't know Clark MacArthur. I think he was more the goal scorer, but I've been wrong this whole time, so I don't
2: know. Yeah, I was feeling Clark, too. I just solely based on NHL experience on my part there. Fair. So I'll go Clark, Fair. too.
1: Stefan Meyer had 14 game-winning goals in his career. Wow. And Clark MacArthur had 17. So Clark MacArthur. Okay, well, the yeah, there you go. Uh, we'll go to our last one. Career game-winning goals in the regular season. Corey, you will be selecting between Ryan Jevney or Roman Pocerni. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, the big question um. is, is Roman Paserni more of a clutch goal scorer than Ryan Jevney? That's what it comes down to. Oh,
2: I'm reliving some of the goals he scored last year. Um... Uh, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with the, with, with the man, the myth, the legend, Roman Picerni
0: I'm going to go with, uh, with Jevney. I think, uh, Jevney had some, some really timely goals. If, uh, if not as many. So I'm going to go with Jevney.
1: Colby, I must say, I'm disappointed that, uh, your favorite player you're not taking here in Roman Pacerny. Is there any reason why you've backed <laughs> I'm off? I'm trying to get Roman? back into things here. Well, this is the last one. You're down oh. by two. You can't. Um, but I, know, I appreciate I know. the effort. Uh, Roman Pacerny had seven game-winning goals in his career. Ryan Jevney had eight. Uh, Ryan Jevney just slightly better than Roman Pocerni when it came to clutch goals. Uh, Corey finishes with six out of ten. Colby, you got five out of ten. I'd say on that list, 50% and 60% pretty darn good.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a fun one, Lance. I I, sh- I want to shout out Ryan Chizowski. Um He's a, had so many years with the Tigers, and I think he's still under a hundred pimps. And he fights too. He's gotten in a couple scraps. Like that is, I didn't realize it, but he's just one of the most disciplined Tigers probably in yeah, history. Yeah, I
1: don't like that. <laughs>
2: i know you don't that's why you wouldn't shout out
1: actually i looked at put that's why this whole list i looked at putting Chiz in here a couple times but i just couldn't like like the matchup he still has some of his career to go you know like he's he's not done yet and just looked at a bunch of different things i was like ah you know like we'll wait next next year we'll get him in on maybe uh maybe a face-offs one battle who knows (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's giving me great ideas for even next week's episode so uh, i appreciate that lance thanks so much for for doing that up that was fantastic uh, we will move on to the mba uh, sorry not nba the mlb side of things uh they are going back and forth with their return to play plan uh the players association is looking for a 114 game season where the league uh is wanting but between 50 and 60 they're kind of settling on 48 it seems like in recent days um the big talk about salaries being prorated and these players getting their money as well um is is in play and uh, they're not sure obviously if the entire season will be played without fans uh due to all the things going on in the world but uh, initial reactions to what the mlb is looking at doing and trying to get baseball going on this summer
2: I'll, yeah, I'll go. Um, uh, yeah, there's going to be a, a call tomorrow that they're going to try and uh, re-engage some negotiations. I don't know. It's just it's when things like these happen, like lockouts, you just realize how far apart the players and the owners really are. Um, and I think this is going to be tough because, you know, they, they have the most players that are going into play than any other th- leagues that are starting right now i mean the nba only has 22 teams the nhl has only um 24 teams the N- mlb's gotta figure out all 30 teams and whether they do 25 or 30 man rosters like it's just more people um guys making tens of millions of dollars and some others in a couple hundred thousand right like i think there's just such a wide variety in this particular sport that i just i don't know i, I see not working out, maybe even a strike going to happen. Like, it's just, it's not a good situation over there in the majors.
1: No, I don't, I don't see it coming together anytime soon, honestly. They are so far apart on, on a handful of things. I mean, like, they do agree on little things, like, a universal DH being in play, regional schedules, um, expanding the playoffs to 14 teams. Like, there's little things here and there that both the, the league and the players have kind of agreed on, but, they're they're not coming even close on two of the biggest things one being the length of schedule and the second being pay and those are the two most important things arguably in any league is how many games are you playing and how much money are players going to be making and it's just not coming together i mean the the league wants the uh the league's highest paid players to be taking bigger cuts and the Mike Trouts of the world, though they're not uh, maybe not Mike Trout himself, but others are speaking up in defense of those uh, star players saying, well, why in the world would the best players in the league and the players who make your league what it is take the biggest cuts? Uh, yeah, there's a lot wrong here. And I, I, I mean, things always get sorted out. I just don't know when it's going to come for, for the MLB. They are so far apart.
0: No doubt. I mean, guys like Blake Snell and, and Bryce Harper have been obviously the most vocal with the media in terms of their uh, their salaries and, and the whole prorated aspect and getting cut and whatnot. But uh, very interesting to see. Hopefully it doesn't result in uh, any lack of baseball this summer because, I mean, it's going to be a busy one. We all know that with uh, some NHL and some NBA kind of sprinkled in throughout our our July and August. It kind of got me thinking about if there was one sport of the major four that you wouldn't be able to see this year, like uh, baseball, basketball, hockey, and football, which of the four would you be okay with not coming back?
2: Yeah, it's got to be this one. I mean, like, I love playoff baseball, but you know, and I would consider myself a baseball guy first. I played it all my life. That was the sport I chose over hockey. But, like, when you're, you know, a random game in June between the Pirates and the Reds, who cares, right? Like, I just think the regular season, like, in in this particular scenario between the four, it's, you know, the regular season games are the, the least entertaining. Um, but I am, would be excited for, for playoffs. But, yeah, I don't know. It'd definitely be baseball between the four.
1: Yeah, like, on a personal level. I would say basketball for myself. I mean, I just don't ever get excited about basketball until the conference finals or in the case of the Raptors where they kind of swept the entire country. Uh, basketball just doesn't seem to have a whole lot of drama as, as other leagues do. Although I understand the point where, uh, where Corey making that baseball the regular season. I mean, who wants to see the pirates and the reds playing on uh, June 23rd? Nobody. Um, but I would rather have baseball personally be sticking around. But I think from a, I guess a corporation perspective from a financials and a drip down effect. uh, I I think, I mean, hockey might be the one that as a, like a continent as as Canada and the United States hockey might be the one that you could go without and still see financial benefits happening throughout the, uh, the two countries. I I think basketball, football and, and baseball might offer more uh financial benefits to their respective cities and states and, and countries. Uh but yeah, personally I, I would rather not have uh had have, have basketball come back if I had to pick one.
0: I appreciate the deep Detail you went into about the uh, the financial situations of those. I was I was just looking for the personal side, but that's fantastic. You're uh, you're diving in there. Uh, one final note there with the MLB, the broadcasters uh, for the the local teams won't be calling these games on the road. Uh, they'll either be doing it from a local studio or from the home ballpark, um, changing a little bit of the uh, the TV audience and whatnot. Nothing too crazy, but uh, kind of par for the course in a situation like this.
2: I think in a situation like this, you, you get Vin Scully to, you know, you pay him whatever his price is, you get him to do all the games. I think that's the only way in this circumstance that... You know the the people are. Uh, you, you get the maximum amount of people watching. You get Vince Scully every game, every day for months. It's just, it's Fuck. just him. No color, no color guy, no stats guy. Just get oh, him. Oh
1: man, he'd be losing it by the fourth day. Imagine if we had to call every game. Oh, poor Vin. He would not be
2: okay. He's already probably losing <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> he'd be the perfect guy though to do it because. Like my God, he could he could talk for, for hours. Like he said, Corey, without a stats guy, without a color guy. He did it for so many years with the Dodgers. Like that's a that'd be the perfect guy if you can syndicate all of your broadcasts and just have one dude in studio talking for however hours in a day. That's crazy. And no matter who comes up to the
2: plate on which team, whatever, it'll say, Now batting Number two. Derek Jacob. <laughs> Number two, <laughs> no matter who it is, just bring out the classics. That'll get all like that. I would watch every single game if that was it. It's just like, oh, who's batting? Oh, Derek Jeter. No, it's, it's a random guy.
0: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, a couple of news and notes around the sporting world. Um, you may remember a podcast we talked about a football punter named Michael Turk, and uh, he's actually back in the news because. He didn't get drafted in the NFL draft, and uh, he's believed to be the now the first student athlete who's been granted reinstatement back to Arizona State um, after declaring to go pro. He did sign an agent, so he was on the path to becoming pro, but didn't go that far. And, and uh, the NCAA is allowing him to go back to school, which is a uh, pretty unprecedented, uh, obviously in these times as well. Don't they? Do they allow this for <laughs> basketball players? Aren't there some basketball players that that? Get into the draft and see where they can go, or not that I'm aware of. No, because uh, it has to do with the the semesters of school. I know they were looking into that for for the March Madness, and I believe they're going to reinstate the I guess the fall semester. If that, I don't even know if that makes sense. But one of the semesters. They're going to bring back some of the sports for the NCAA uh, in that aspect, but not usually for basketball. No.
1: I mean, to be fair, Turk's a punter, so it's like, like, is he really taking a spot away from somebody else? Like, like, really? <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, could you imagine that one guy that's been punting all his life? He's like, yes, I got my chance at ASU this year. You go going back to the drawing
1: board, uh, bud. you going to back to Div 2.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, sorry, also in the NFL, Deshaun Jackson and Lane Johnson of the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, they want players mic'd up if, uh, if games aren't played without fans this year. Uh, we saw the kind of the success that happened in MLB there during the limited spring training we were able to see there early in March. But uh, what do you think about NFL players getting mic'd up for these games?
2: Well, I guess the question would be, would they be doing it live or would it be kind of a, a replay or a video that you cut later? Because if it's live, there's a lot of a lot of things said in the trenches, I think, that, that might not be good for, for, for little kids' ears. But I think, you know, seeing videos later, um, that would be awesome. I think the technology is so good nowadays that the players probably don't even realize that they have them on. And you'd get a lot of good entertaining stuff you know, you might not have gotten before. Yeah. There's no
1: reason why every single pro league shouldn't have their players mic'd up. Like there's, there's endless marketing opportunity. There's endless availability to give your players some personality, especially in baseball. Like you mentioned where they're notably a league that lacks personality, getting guys on mics just makes sense. NFL is no different. I mean, you see it in the CFL, they have their game of the week where the players are mic'd up and it goes over incredibly. And there should be no reason why every pro league doesn't have players mic'd up every game.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like to your point, Lance, the, um, you see it on social media. It might be that game of the week, like they say, or, or even like NFL network, they'll show highlights of these games and, and, show the the behind-the-scenes almost aspect to it, and that's super cool to see all these, you know, plays and them talking about it before it even happens and whatnot, so that'd be super cool to see. And I agree with you, Corey. There could be uh, some salty language, as with all sports. Unfortunately, that's just kind of the way it is, and uh, maybe it's some sort of, like, a subscription package. They make some dough off of it, and uh, it's kind of like an all-access pass for the fans. Also, I guess along the line of, of football and other college sports, Corey, you had this note well, Canada West making an announcement on Monday.
2: Yeah, that uh the fall sports for twenty twenty, which is kind of football, soccer. There's some other ones, but footballs and soccer is the the main ones. They uh they're they're done reportedly. So that's gonna be announced on Monday. Um which I don't know, kinda sucks. I mean I've been to a UFC or yeah, UFC football game with the the dinos and um good football, so guys uh won't be able to to play out this year and i think this is just especially for for canada west this is just the first domino um sadly i think i think some other things are going to be cancelled um i mean i a few i think a few months ago when this was kind of starting the, um, the university of lethbridge folded their their hockey team so you know who knows who's next what programs could be shut down um, and if, if any of these football programs, if they don't have a season, whether they'll be able to come back in, in years to come. Yeah, it's a
1: tough look for, for U sports and for the leagues that they kind of supplement, like especially in football. I mean, there's so much draw to go from U sports into uh, the CFL. And I mean, the CFL is falling on tough times as it is right now. I mean, there's, there's a real debate that you could have about the CFL's longevity and their ability to, to remain a, a league, where like if they somehow miss this season, Lord knows if they're even going to be functional in twenty twenty one. And so when you start losing the ability for your your players that are feeding into that league to to get reps and to get meaningful games and to develop, it uh, it, it trickles down and trickles up. I guess in that case to a lot of different uh, avenues. It just makes it uh, tough. To, to kind of see how how these different programs are going to bounce back. Like, like you mentioned, Corey, I mean, we, we see it with the U of L hockey teams. I mean, you, you can expect that the, the bigger areas, the U of A's, U of C's, UBC, things of that sort, that they're going to be okay and, and find donations and that their donors are going to be uh, still being able to feed programs. But for a lot of these other spots, it's, it's going to be up in the air to see if, if they're able to make a return and if they can, in what fashion they're able to come back in, you know?
0: Absolutely. Um, it's it's a very difficult situation and and one that nobody wants to be in. And they're, you know, just like us in the fact that uh, financial implications are, are heavy with this pandemic and, uh, you know, hopefully they're able to survive. Uh, if, you know, any sort of government funding, perhaps whatever the case may be, we'll uh, have to wait and see on that for uh, for Canada West and and U Sports in general. Uh, one final note uh, on my end: Conor McGregor announced last night on Twitter after UFC 250 that uh, he is retiring. This is probably what the third time that he's announced his retirement. Um, I don't believe him. Do you guys believe him? <laughs>
2: I don't know, yeah, third time in four years. Uh, I don't know. I think this guy should be in the WWE. I don't know about you guys. Just throw him beside Rey Mysterio, put him against the, the Hardy Brothers or something. Just, like, I think he's just a character. I think he would excel in the WWE, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he's done his last UFC fight. I think he's he's still got some years left in him. Maybe just taking a break now, but I don't know. What do you think, Lance? I mean,
1: like, the thing is, he, he doesn't have to fight anymore. You know, like and we see that with so many of these different like figures, it's like they reach a point where it's like, they don't feel like they got to go anymore. So they don't like, like Floyd Mayweather is another example. He'll just fight when a, he needs money or B, he wants money that bad. Um, And and so it's like (laughs) for Conor McGregor, the guy is making more money out of the octagon day to day than he would be in the octagon. So like, is he going to be completely retired? Who knows? But, I, I I wouldn't bet on it being the last time. I think uh, money can change your, your perspective pretty quick. And considering he's only in his early 30s, he could probably uh, come back for a couple more fights before he's 40 and make uh, a boatload more money to support proper DeWalt.
0: <laughs> this honestly sounds like another promotional play by... Dana White and co. Uh, maybe after this pandemic is, has passed and we're kind of behind all this and yeah, you're right. Maybe in a year or two, he, uh, he mounts this massive comeback and the social media is a and we're all excited to see him fight whoever, whoever's champion at that time. Uh, to, to me, this sounds like a promotional play, and uh, yeah, I don't believe it. I think he'll be back because he's shown that he's been back in the past. So uh, we'll have to wait and see what Mr. McGregor has in store uh, down the road. You can find us on Facebook at slash on the board podcast. We're on Twitter at on the board pod. Um, also, Big thanks to everyone who has downloaded, subscribed. We did celebrate our one-year anniversary uh, yeah! late last week. Yeah, Woo! that was a lot of fun to uh, to go through all the memories and and have Corey, you know, detail his sea biscuit pick and uh, Lance to go nuts on Austin Matthews. That was some good memories back then.
2: Yeah, yeah, we've had <laughs> had a good year. I mean, I've only been here for a little bit of it, but. Um, it's been been a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to to starting the uh, the second year when this podcast or this episode drops.
0: For Lance Dahl, Corey Vikoskis, Colby McKee signing off. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to On the Board. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash on the board podcast.
1: Yes. Yes.